Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. So, these Arthur Ashe AEW stadium shows have just been fabu, have they not? I just took every single ounce of energy and excitement I had and I gave them to both Dynamite and now Rampage and I'm happy to report to you that I did the test and my results were Simon Miller is a happy Bald man. And what am I talking about? Well, you're about to find out because again, my name is Simon Miller. Welcome to What Culture Wrestling. Welcome to Ups and Downs, the show where we give the good bits and up and the bad bits are down. You get mad because you don't agree with my opinion, but it's okay because we're lovers and later we will meet and hug. Don't know what that means. Point is, let's up those downs for the biggest ever AEW rampage there has been. I know you're going, Simon, we've only had seven of them. Shut up. getting you right back into the action as well because our very first match on this AEW Rampage was the return of CM Punk to television wrestling matches taking on young up-and-comer Powerhouse Hobbs. They could have just stared at each other or played backgammon and I still would have enjoyed this just through atmosphere alone. It is getting it up. And yes, we have to talk about Punk's ring attire otherwise everyone's going to hunt me down and try and rip my hair off would be an absolute waste of time because he has gone back to his pants. And I'm just going to level with you. I quite liked Long John CM Punk because I thought it defined his AEW reign but ultimately I don't care what he wears. He can wear his pants, he can wear shorts, he can wear tights, he can wear a chicken on his head as long as he's comfortable and as long as he's having a good time he should do it this was so well put together too and cm punk's matches are slowly becoming a masterclass in how to take on different opponents but because powerhouse hobbs is really good he zoomed out of the gates and he was trying to take him down but again hobbs is basically like a wall so even like a punch would send cm punk hurling towards the mat punk then tried to hit the gts early probably thinking well this guy doesn't have much experience and that may have worked but very sadly for cm moments before this he had flipped off Hook at ringside, so Hook then caused the distraction that allowed Powerhouse Hobbs to get out of it. And then my word, he really did beat up CM Punk. I mean, I only did hit him with a cross body, and again, do not forget that he's not a small man, but he did that Mark Henry spot where CM Punk was against the ropes, and he runs at him, crushes him against those things, and then slides out onto the outside. It looks so, so horrible that it kind of makes me go a spike tickly. We then got a bear hug and that was it. I was losing my mind because any time you do an old spot like that, you will win Simon Miller over. And then CM Punk was going for the GTS again, but he wasn't able to do it. And Powerhouse Hops hit this spine buster for a great near fall. And I bought it just a little bit. I mean, only just a tiny amount because again, that was never going to happen. But I was invested. 
punk that hit a hurricane run off the top rope. And I was just like, this is getting out of control. And if it hadn't been for that damn hook, who the hell knows what would have happened? Because he got up onto the apron, Powerhouse Hobson accidentally went into him, they had a big smash, which meant that CM Punk was able to hit the GTS and get the one, two, three. But listen to what I just say. CM Punk may have got the victory, but did we just protect the Powerhouse? You bet your ass. So this was fine, just give me Punk all of the damn time. Powerhouse Hobbs is gonna be awesome very, very soon. And he also has terrific entrance music. As you can probably tell, I enjoyed it muchly. But then you got some teasing for a future match after this, because we had a video package that showed Jade Cargill, Nyla Rose, and Thunder Rosa all hating on the other person. So I suppose we're gonna get some kind of triple threat, and I ran the numbers, and I am definitely up for it. The madness then continued because it was the super click or the young bucks at Adam Cole taking on Christian and the Jurassic Express. And I built a time machine and I went to approximately 68,424 different realities. And as it turns out, whenever you do this matchup, it is always good. Don Callis was on commentary too, which also adds an extra cherry on top of all of this. And I want to get this out of the way as well. We need AEW to introduce some trios titles as soon as possible. I think they are going to do this. But imagine you had these kind of matchups, but you had gold on the line. Plus, there are a bunch of trio groups right now in All Elite Wrestling. It would just make so much sense. And it would kind of come across as quite original and novel. Because we don't really do that over this side of the pond. So I'm going to set my watch to need it. That's not what watches do. Adam Cole continues to double down on the fact that he's a massive Nimrod right now because he tagged out straight away like, I'm not giving you nothing to Nick Jackson. Although this just led to Jungle Boy and Christian doing away with everybody because they joined forces and became a team. And I don't know why this warmed my cockles so much, but it really did. Jungle even continued this when the Young Bucks tried to stop him, but he threw them out the ring. And that's when we got yet another tease because Adam Cole and Jungle Boy locked eyes. You're like, oh my gosh, we're gonna do it right now. And this would have been the case if that damn Cole hadn't run away. And before Jungle could get to him, the Young Bucks booted him in the face. So it was just like, boo, boo, boo. Luchasaurus was getting in on this too though, because he got the hot tag and he just went absolutely bonkers. Not only did he choke slam Adam Cole into Matt Jackson, but then he was like, oh, Nick Jackson, and you're gonna climb the top rope, aren't you? Ah, there was a dinosaur screaming. So he grabbed him and he gave him a slam off the top. Don't forget the Luchasaurus is fire too. The tag klaxon then hit, huh, meaning everyone was gonna hit their big move, but Jungle Boy got the best of that. And if it wasn't for that damn Luke Gallows and his distractions, who the hell knows what would have happened. This madness then continued because everybody was once again back in the squared circle, basically looking at the referee and saying, flub you man, we'll do whatever the hell you want. And Luchasaurus, bless him, tried his best, but he then got hit with every move under the sun, and yet he still kicked out of some of them. Like a shining wizard courtesy of Adam Cole, he got his shoulder up at two, but then he got hit with the Panama Sunrise, then he got hit with the BT Trigger, then he got hit with the Boom, formerly known as the Last Shot, and it was only then that the Super Click thing, oh man, I think we're down, we should pin him, and they did. This is one of those matches you have to go out of your way to see. I don't understand how it was so good. We didn't wait around either because once again, Adam Cole and Jungle Boy were just looking at each other like, man, the fires in my stomach make me so ragey, I want to kill you, when it was announced that they're going to have a match on Dynamite. So the roller coaster continues, my friends, and long may it do so. So that's just stupid. It's just stupid, and talking is stupid, <laughs> let's get to what came next. 
My word. So it was the men of the year with Dan Lambert taking on Chris Jericho and Jake Hagar. And let's just take a moment to appreciate Chris Jericho's entrance. Because of course there was 20,000 people singing along Judas with him. I mean, I've said it before, I'll say it again. That dude really is living the best life. He was really mad at Scorpio Sky too because he whooped his ass and he also flipped off Ethan Page who was on the apron. Then he tagged Jake Hagar in who grabbed Ethan Page and chucked him around for a while before he tagged back in Chris Jericho. But this is when the males of 2021 finally were able to fight back. It was pretty much wrestling tennis from there. Although I do have to mention that Chris Jericho did a dive from the top rope to the outside at 50 years old. But you could just smell shenanigans were coming but my word did I not understand the intensity of this smell. Because Lambert was just being a massive moron the whole time, including breaking up a dual submission attempt by the inner circle. And when Jake Hagar hit the ropes later on, he grabbed his foot, tripped him up, then allowed Scorpio to hit the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. And the referee went one, and the referee went two, and if you can buy damn believe it, the referee went three. So that itself was quite the happening, but afterwards, my word, we entered another stratosphere. Because Jericho and Hagar started to beat everybody up. When the rest of America's top team started to come out of the crowd. Meaning, not only did Paige Van Zandt start beating up Chris Jericho, but they picked him up and Jorge Masvidal ran at him and gave him a running knee. I was just spinning around like Kylie Minogue. I didn't know what was going on. I think they busted open Jericho too. So does this mean we are going to do Masvidal versus Jericho? And if so, or even some kind of big tag team match between these guys, I want to see it. I need it. Please don't strike me down or anything like that. I have to have this in my life. I mean, what timeline are we in? I never thought this was on the cards. And Dan Lambert's stable may be the best one in all of wrestling. And I shouldn't be saying those words. And then we just had a really fun, over-the-top eight-man tag. I mean, this was just ridiculous. Because it was the Lucha Brothers and Santana Ortiz taking on Private Party and the Butcher and the Blade. And because their shop is located in New York, they were able to get to the show on time. And at this point, they just looked at each other and went, you know what? We don't care. We got a bunch of fans out there who just want to have a good time. Let's do as many dives as we possibly can in the first 32 seconds of this match. And that's exactly what they did. Some of the double teams during this too were just bonkers. And Ortiz took this crazy DDT that should be in some kind of museum. But because it was getting out of hand, all of a sudden Orange Cassidy was here, which was really nice because the fans got to go, oh my gosh, it's Orange Cassidy. And he thwomped Jack Evans right in the face because of course Jack Evans had been trying to cast distraction, but not on the piece of fruits watch. Back in the ring, Isaiah Cassidy then busted out this net breaker thing that didn't make any sense, but that just set everybody off. Penta was doing sim blades, Phoenix was doing these kicks, Blade was hitting clotheslines, Mark Quinn missed the shooting star press when he landed on his feet. I had to go watch this again because I was like, there's no way you saw everything. It was coming at me too fast. I did clock the finish, however, which is the most important thing, which was Santana and Ortiz hitting the street sweeper onto Mark Quinn. They got the one, two, three, and here's what we need to do. We need to do the Lucha Brothers versus the Proud and the Powerful for the AEW Tag Team titles yesterday. Based on this alone, it is going to be flubbing ridiculous. Matt Hardy then made this so much better too, because he was doing an interview with Tony Giovanni, and he was so mad, and he went, Orange Cassidy, this is what I want. A hair versus hair match, you versus Jack Evans, who was stood next to him. Jack Evans was like, what? I don't want to have to shave my head. Now I'm still convinced this will end with Matt Hardy losing his hair, which there's nothing wrong with, by the way. But Matt, he was so good here. Miro then killed some dudes. 
Hands up if you were having a good time. It came after Sammy Guevara and Fiega Del Sol were doing that whole, hey, look, we wrote some signs, what do you think about them? And Miro clearly doesn't like this gimmick because he stormed out. Not only did he throw Sammy into some of the ring structuring, but he grabbed Fiego, chucked him off the stage, threw some tables before he went back to Guevara and he just put him in the game over. And he still wasn't done. He found a sign that said next TNT champ and he ripped it up. And here's what I think we need to do with Miro. Have him be the TNT champion forever, literally forever. Then make him the AW world champion. Then make him the tag team champion, just give him both the belts. Introduce those trios belts we talked about and give them all to him and hell, give him the women's championship too. That's how good he is right now, the best thing of 2021. We then find out that we are gonna get Andrade versus Pac round two, because Andrade wants to prove he can do it without Chavo Guerrero, excuse me, ooh, Chavo, so that will be good. And then it was right into Penelope Ford versus the kind of returning Anna Jay. Now, I was kind of surprised by this one because I assumed Jay would win, but this is why I don't book wrestling shows, because instead she lost, but we did that in order to build a much bigger storyline. Once again, I want to see what's going to happen. Up. And you see, it was the bunny that was the real issue here because halfway out, she just came out to help her new best friend, Penelope Ford, and she kept using her MP to cast distraction. But the worst of these came towards the end when she got in the referee's face, slipped the brass knucks to Ford, who punched Anna Jay right in the noggin. Down she went, one, two, three. It went truly nuts after this because everybody came out, including Ty Conte, who was trying to make the save. But then the Hardy family office were here, and this is when we get back into wrestling maths. There is so many of them, you were like, well, who can help? There's not enough people in the back. But of course there was. Because not only did Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander came out, but the entirety of the Dark Order did too, and they chased the bad guys away. And I was just dancing in my house like, celebrate good time, come on. Because I thought the Dark Order had got back together. But then just as it looked like they were about to shake hands, Eel Uno and Stu Grayson walked off. And now my heart is just broken again. Cole Cabana was completely torn up about this, as was I. And the reason I thought this was so good is because once again, it got as many people onto this Arthur Ashe show as possible. And also, what the hell is going to happen with the Dark Order? I don't know, but I need somebody, maybe even a cowboy, to return and sort it out. Now, officially, that was the end of the show because our main event this week was a lights out match. But as ever, just when you thought AEW didn't have anything else up its sleeves, it pulls out one last surprise. But yes, it was John Moxie and Eddie Kingston taking on Suzuki and Lance Archer, and you got Suzuki's music so we can put that instant into bed. And honestly, much like stuff we had on Wednesday, this was just from another planet. Powerbomb planet. I mean, Moxley and Suzuki thought they were in Star Wars, for goodness sake, because they got two chairs and started to duel off. And then back in the ring, Eddie Kingston thought, well, I want a piece of Suzuki too. But this was absolutely heartwarming, because of course, Eddie Kingston was in his hometown. Everybody was behind him. That man's journey has just been inspirational, and hell yeah to him. Suzuki didn't care about this at all because he just threw Eddie through a table, so that guy's absolutely nuts. But so is Lance Archer. What is wrong with this man? Because he found some AEW ring attendants and they were known. And not only did he beat the absolute hell out of them, but then he grabbed John Moxley and he just threw him into a bunch of people. So if he's not grabbing individuals and chucking them through ceilings, he is doing this. This got even more nuts though, because Archer and Suzuki got some duct tape. They tied John Moxley's arms behind his back and then they just started to hit him with every weapon under the sun, including a leather strap. And let me tell you this, if you haven't seen it, that is not as kinky as you may be thinking. I also want to know who was advising John here, because he thought the best way out of this situation 
was to spit in Suzuki's face. So Suzuki accepted this water offering and he then tried to bite off John Moxley's nose. No wonder this was a flipping lights out match. All of this was done, of course, so that Eddie Kingston could rise from the depths and make the big save. But the other theme of this was that Lance and Suze, can I call him Suze, probably not, were in kill mode, so they didn't care. They then beat everybody up again, got a bunch of chairs, which they were going to throw Eddie Kingston into when somebody of all the people made the save. This is not even the right sentence, I got it completely wrong. The point is, homicide of all people came out from nowhere. All the fans knew who he was, so they absolutely erupted. And he helped his friend Eddie Kingston. And you know what this is, apart from poor sentence structure, it's about being warm and fuzzy deep down in your tum-tum. This allowed them to get rid of the bad guys, including putting a trash can over Lance Archer's head and hit him around about 82,000 times with a kendo stick. Then allowed Eddie Kingston to get the one, two, three. Then allowed all the good guys to end Rampage by celebrating. Honestly, this was just a feel-good moment. If you didn't have lovely emotion towards these guys at the end of it, well, I think you are probably just cold inside. And that's not how you want to be. You want to just enjoy it, which is what I did. So, yes, if we take Grand Slam and Rampage, it has been a phenomenal week for AEW. I enjoyed both shows so, so much. It's ridiculous. And overall, it is getting it up. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.